When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is a production of ITM Media. Hello, race fans out there and in the Marbles Nation. Welcome to episode 87 of In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Beamer, alongside via Zoom once again, Preston Lude. Preston, how's it going, man? It's going great. Good, man. How's that 48 treating you? I am tired. Yeah. Uh, well, when there's nothing going on, it kind of like uh, it drains you mentally, I guess you could say, when you're here for that long. Right. You don't have to do anything. You can you could probably run no calls for forty eight hours, but being in one place for forty eight hours and it just if the day drags, then your mind starts to go a little crazy. Well, hopefully this will be a break for you, and you know you could talk about racing. We could talk about the weekend at Dover. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, we welcome you to In the Marbles. We are so glad that you joined us. If this is you know your multiple time listening to the podcast, we thank you for coming back listening to the show. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all new episode drops and subscribe to us on YouTube if you're watching us from YouTube. It's a seamless feature now we're trying to get at, and it seems to be working well. But Preston, how's everything going, man? Everything's good. You know, it just uh, can't wait to be done. I can't wait to get back to regular life for a couple days off here and there. But, uh, you know, other than that, life is pretty good. Races over the weekend were pretty good as well. So I'm looking forward to next weekend, too. Yeah, it was great seeing all those fans in the stands at Dover. I know we went to Darlington a couple weeks ago, and it was really packed compared to what it was before the pandemic and during the pandemic. 
it's comparison from last year's Southern 500 to this year's Goodyear 400. But it's just great seeing all those fans in there. The cameras were loving it, especially that one Chase Elliott fan who was jumping up and down and Kyle and Kyle Bush in the stands. That's that's a dedication right there, wearing the whole get up and fire suit stuff. That's that's dedication right there, I tell you. But remember was, remember uh when you touched on those uh the commercials before I think you and I talked about it, had you said it's the uh, the commercials that used to say how bad do you how have bad it? have you got it and those guys there got you it go. those guys I want to try to talk to get on get on the show one day. Those guys were it seemed like a lot of fun, just true dedicated race fans. And and the guy in the Kyle Bush, I got a hand to him and looked like he was there alone. He probably tried to bring his maybe he tried to bring his girlfriend and her dress up as Samantha. I don't know. That would have made a good duo right there, but it was yeah. it was great seeing all the fans there. It was great seeing everybody there. The stands were full. Everybody seemed to enjoy the race up there at Dover. And our Patreon, Matt Camper, was there. He seemed to have a good time there, and I hope he did have a good time. Preston, we got some news here, and some pretty big news coming out of the world of auto racing. And the one piece of news we have here, Brad Keselowski buying stake or offered a driver's seat in the Roush stable. First impressions on that, first of all. You know that that's a pretty big uh, that's pretty big for him at least. You know, getting offered not a not only just a driver role but like a co ownership role as well. I mean, that's that's double dipping right there. Uh, that's almost like something too good to pass up, as you could say. Yeah, Charlie sent me this story as well, and he said Roush is trying to stay alive, and I don't think so. Roush Racing's having a very good year this year with Chris Busher with an average finish of 16th right now. 13 this time last year he was average race average finish of 17th and he's 14th in the points right now ryan newman average finish of 18th after 13 races and after 2020 average race average finish was 13 but he did miss a few races due to injury race two through four after the 2020 daytona 500 and he's currently sitting 20th in points but that Roush Fenway camp is really starting to turn it around here. I'm very impressed with the run that Chris Busher is having and Ryan Newman. But we kind of saw the writing on the wall about this a couple of episodes ago. And I got the clip right here just to show you guys that we're not making this up. This is from episode 85 and us talking about this rumor mill. And it seems to be coming true here. Take a listen. In the Marbles, episode 85. There's a rumor going around. It's not confirmed. It's just a rumor. But I want, I, I heard about this. And I was like, oh, that might be cool. Brad Kozlowski's contract's coming up at the end of the year. What if he goes over to Roush, buys a stake in Roush, takes over Ryan Newman's spot, let's say. Mm-hmm. Newman's not getting any younger. He might be retiring. 700th start this weekend. Congratulations to him. What if Kozlowski's transitioning to a team owner? He goes over to Roush, gets a half stake in Roush, gets out of the car because there's no heir apparent, according to everybody, about that. That Roush has an heir to Roush Racing. Mm-hmm. I think we called it, Preston. I think In the Marbles called it a couple of episodes ago where Ryan Newman, it looks like it's not confirmed. Nothing's confirmed yet. Nothing's set in stone. But it looks like to me that Penske and Roush, who already have kind of an ownership there with Roush Yates engines, but Kozlowski might be looking towards the future. I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon, but I think Ryan Newman might. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see Brad Kozlowski multiply his number by three here and go to the sixth car at the end of 2021. Newman retire, him get a stake in Roush. What do you think about that? I think we called it right on the money. Yeah, you you definitely were on to something. Now, the question is, does Ryan Newman, is his contract up at the end of the year, though? And that's we something we got to look at. For sure. Yeah, that's something we got to look at. 
Yeah. So if it, if it's not, then maybe Roush explores the possibility of a third car. If this is the way Keselowski wants to go now, let's say, you know, Keselowski is probably thinking at this point, you know, if he decides to accept something like this, he could be that guy that helps bring Roush kind of back up to the front and to the limelight a little bit more. And I mean, like you say, they're starting to pick up things and start to get a little bit better, but Kozlowski's probably thinking to himself, hey, I could be that guy that could help propel this team back to where they were before, you know, we saw years and years ago. I kind of, I, I think it could happen. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I think I could, I could possibly see this happening. I could definitely see this happening. This is a very exciting time for Roush Fenway Racing and Brad Kozlowski. And then who's going to take up that number two seat? I'm thinking one Matt DiBenedetto might be taking care of that. I, you know, I, I could see that now. Now with Cindric going to the 21, I think maybe Penske gives DiBenedetto like a year or two to figure things out. And if not, then maybe Cindric gets moved over to Penske after that. Maybe DiBenedetto will go back to the 21. In a perfect reality world of my world, that's how I would see it going. I would see DiBenedetto get like maybe a year or two to figure things out. And if they don't like the way they're going, maybe Cindric moves in and then they just move DiBenedetto back to the 21. Who knows? No, so. yeah, yeah, and... It's gonna. And it's crazy that we're only halfway through the regular season of the Cup season in 2021, and that we're already talking about these major changes coming down the line for 2022. Not only that, we got the brand new car coming in. We got a lot of moving parts here. Stick around within the Marvels. Follow us on social media and stay up to date on everything because it's going to be very interesting. Social media is not at the bottom this time on YouTube. It's up top, so check that out. And the uh, second piece of news I have, and Preston, this is going to be near and dear to your heart. I think you already know where I'm going with Paul Menard re- making his return with Thor Motorsports in their fifth truck run at Coda. How excited are you? Oh, I can't even begin to tell you how exciting this is. I cannot wait for Saturday. I don't know if they'll show practice or not. I know there's qualifying because I've heard that there's going to be 44 entries and there's only going to be 36 trucks that make the field so they have to qualify so it's exciting i can't wait it's you know we've i've been wondering for the longest time where the heck did paul Murad even go because he just kind of like disappears out the planning he's not on social media and i totally get it that's that's really cool of him not to do that you know he probably wants to just spend his time with his family and everything like that but hey here he is again out of nowhere thor sport says hey you want to come drive a truck for us so we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that but i'm, I'm pretty stoked for this one we'll have to man and, and i know you're excited about it want to say you might pick him to win <laughs> saturday he's total he racing the very, trucks he is a pretty good road course racer yeah yeah and uh we'll just have to wait and see on that i'm i'm not really gonna pull for him because you know <laughs> Where did he come from and why is he doing this? Who cares for you, at least? Paul Menard is going to be back, at least for one race in the 2021 Truck Series. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Folks, we're going to take a quick second here and break from the show and remind everybody out there about In the Marbles online store at Teespring. There you can find all of your In the Marbles gear that you need, such as T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and much more. Show everybody out there, whether it's at the NASCAR races or the local short tracks, that you are a fan and avid listener of In the Marbles. All purchases will help In the Marbles bring you more content in the future. If you just head over to InTheMarbles.net under the Merch tab, 
There you will find the link to Teespring, or you can head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles, and there you will find our online store. And during the month of May, if you use code LUGNUT, it will take 20% off your order. So remember, head over to inthemarbles.net under the merch tab. There you will find the link or teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. Again, 20% off if you use code LUGNUT for your entire purchase till the end of May. Now looking forward to this weekend at Coda. First impressions on this track, Preston, and we'll get more into this, especially with the Cup Series race on our race day show. This is going to be like the dirt track for me. This is going to be like Bristol dirt for me as far as we got to see how it plays out. I think it's going to be an okay weekend, but we've talked about it earlier on in earlier episodes that this is a Formula One track. Not necessarily a cup track. Not saying that every racetrack's a racetrack. As long as it's got walls, turns, and the whole nine yards, it's going to be fun to watch. But what are your first impressions on this weekend at Circuit of the Americas? Well, I have to say this at first. I hope maybe my impressions are wrong because, like, you know, before, I guess when the schedule had come out, even I was like, I don't really know how the Cup Series is really going to, let alone NASCAR in general, how it's really going to work on something like this because I just thought that, Circuit of the Americas is more of like a, that high speed for Formula One. And, you know, I've raced it plenty of times on, uh, you know, video game wise in the simulator. And it's, it's one of those high speed tracks. I just, I'm not sure how it's really going to work out. Maybe we could see exciting races, but I don't know. I'm still kind of iffy on how it really plays out. I mean, I was iffy about how the dirt race would play out and it was actually a pretty good one. So, right. but this is way different. This is like a whole new road course, a huge road course, if that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, NASCAR's kind of hinting at some high speeds and a lot of braking zones, so it'll probably be interesting to see how guys decide to have to manage their equipment on such a, a track so large and large as in, you know, lengthwise. Right, and it, it's going to be fun to see. If you want more information on that, tune on to our race day show at noon on Sunday, exclusively on the Unhinged Sports Network, race day unhinged. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun, and check out the YouTube channel as well with unhinges youtube channel i should say because we have a video version of that and we have a new new segment in there called hot lap where i take you around the tracks on iRacing. you're not going to want to miss circuit of the americas with me trying to attempt left and right turns on (laughs) iRacing. it's going to be fun we're just waiting (laughs) to see and now getting into our weekend review we're going to start off the short tracks of alabama again south alabama speedway to be more specific Charlie Herc is finishing second in the Cup Light Series race, that race. And if you happen to watch the race that I shared on Facebook, it didn't disappoint. It was a great race. Charlie finishing second, like I said. Whereas last year, he's doing way better this year than he did last year. Last year, he he was lucky to even finish a race. This year, he's finishing second, third, second, third, maybe with a bad race here and there. But second or third in the points, the official points haven't come out yet from South Alabama Speedway. But look in on that and continue to watch that on Facebook once I share it. It's a very fun racing series, that Cup Light series. And maybe maybe here soon we'll have Charlie on as the track champion there in the Cup Light series. That would be uh, pretty cool. A first-time champion for anything on that's, the show. That's right. And it would be nice to have that done by Charlie. Good luck to him in the rest of the season. And now we get into the Xfinity race. What a great race it was. The Dry Dean 200 there at the Dover International Raceway. How did you enjoy the Xfinity race? 
it was uh, it was pretty good. You know, overall, I would give it about a seven. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad to watch. Like I said, I always enjoy Dover, and I, I just Dover to me is just what what a fantastic track. One mile concrete track. You know, I feel like there's always action at every turn, even if there's, there's no accidents or anything like that. It's still just a, one of those tracks that. Yeah, you have to race the competition, but you have to make sure you're doing everything right at the same time. Yeah, we saw that on the hot laps segment of race day unhinged, where you can very easily get loose, especially off of turn two and turn four, hit the wall, and there's no runoff area. There's nowhere to go. It's pretty much like racing in a hockey rink. There's no out of bounds at Dover. There's wall and wall. So you can't mess up. you got to be focused 100% of the time. It was a great race. I thought Junior Motorsports would have pulled it out Enter Austin Sindrick, who's having a very good year. Third win is 2021 and takes the win. Justin Allgaier, very disappointed in not winning that race. But Josh Berry, that name comes up again. Josh Berry finishing second in that race. He's looking better and better every time he gets the chance to race in the Xfinity Series. And he's developing so well. We talked about it last week and just how well he's doing and he's, he doesn't cease to impress me at the Xfinity Series level. We'll get more in the Cup Series once we go to that race. But it's just one of those things where I think if Junior was smart, and, and we got to think, too, this is a pipeline for Hendrick Motorsports as far as Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. It's going to be a lot of fun to see Josh Berry climb the ranks. Hendrick Motorsports is young right now with Bowman, Byron, Elliott, and Larson. But I think those guys are going to have a great time finding it out amongst themselves. But, who, you know, where does Josh Berry go if he gets that chance to go full-time cup ride? We're going to have to wait yeah, and see that. absolutely. But another notable finish I saw here, Ty Gibbs finishing fifth after starting 14th. He was aggressive all day. And that's what I like about Ty Gibbs. He just He's 100% or he's 0%. He's no just right in the back and go. He's go, go, go the whole time, getting into people, getting them loose, maybe causing a lot more frenemies than anything on the track. But I must say this, Ty Gibbs is going to be one day in the Cup Series. And if I dare say, if I dare quote an episode that we had a few weeks ago when Charlie was on, within five years, he might be a Cup Series champion. Yeah, you know, I don't think I can dis agree with that. I do remember saying not that long ago that, you know, I needed to see more of him in like the Xfinity series or even truck ride. But, you know, he's starting to show that every single time he gets that chance, he's looking pretty darn good. And Hey, you know, less than five years is probably a pretty good number to shoot for. Maybe even less than that. I mean, if you're saying he's out there giving it 100% and getting into guys to gain positions, that's kind of sounds a little old school, but you know, Hey, you have to do what you have to do to, you know, get those good finishes. Yeah, and he doesn't have a sponsor on that car. That's what's amazing. It's like just a black car rolling around the track. I'm surprised he doesn't have a sponsor on that car because if I was, you know, again, I always say the scenario multimillionaire, I'd throw my name on there just because I know he's going to be up there racing in contention in the top five and top ten all day. But Ty Gibbs finishing fifth there at Dover in the Dry Dean 200. Overall, you gave it a seven. I gave it an eight. It was a great race. A lot of action off and on the pits, and I can't wait to see what Circuit of America brings for these guys next week. On to the Cup Series. Again, a very exciting race, and one, I dare say, will go into the history books as one of the best races for Hendrick Motorsports. 
finishing one, two, three, four. First time that's happened since 2005 at the Cup Series level, with Bowman finishing first, Larson second, Elliott third, Byron fourth. Again, Kyle Larson leading a number of the laps, just like we saw at Kansas and just like we saw in Atlanta, and didn't seal the deal. Yep. Yeah, a very on, unfortunate run. Yeah, impre- what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Larson, you know, I, I called, I, I thought for sure that Larson was going to have it. And you you know, a, I even you, called it on race day. I was like, you, he's going to win, he's going to win, he's going to win. You, 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 <laughs> you put a good call in there because, I, you know, with 50 to go, 30 to, you know, with, I'd say, 100 to go, let's say that. I would I would reckon to say that I was thinking Preston called it again. He made yeah. a good call and he called the race winner again. That didn't seem to pan out though, and it obviously no, didn't. No, no, it did, it did not pan out unfortunately. But hey, you know, I know one person that doesn't is not really you know falling too much over, it, and that's Rick Hendrick because all of his drivers just taking the top four spots. I could I mean, not that, believe that's that. a good day for anybody. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I could have you know for. You know, certain thought maybe a Harvick would have gotten in there. Truex didn't. He had a rocket of a start, and then he just fell backwards. We don't know what happened to him. I, he just was having issues all day. I think it was the nose damage that gave him a little bit of problems. But I think I think there might have been other things in there that probably. I think Joe Gibbs, GGR in general, maybe had a little bit of a rough day. Kyle Busch didn't seem too bad until he had this holiday season. Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Those, you know, those mechanical issues, and then you had Truex with the nose damage and it just, uh, it just didn't look too good because I thought that it was going to be the Larson and Truex show, just like it was at Darlington. Right. I thought we were going to see them up front all day long, but then it's just those JGR guys. Just That's all it takes is one little problem to throw your game off, especially at a track like Dover where, I mean, you're just talking a one mile track. You can get lapped easily and then you have all these issues. But after that, I mean, it looked like, it looked like Hendrick Motorsports was just, nobody could beat them. Well, not only that, during one of the pit stops early on in the race, that lug nut got caught in between the jack for Martin Truex Jr. in that mechanism, causing that to be a problem. And I was listening to his scanner, and he asked what happened. Naturally, a driver's going to ask what happened after that you know, a bad pit stop. And the crew chief said, a lug nut got stuck in the jack. I've heard of a lot of things, but I've never, and I don't recall ever seeing that. Just one of those freak accidents, gonna kind of like a lug nut knocking off a valve stem. You hear about that sometimes. Just one of those wacky things that happen on pit road that you don't really train for, but when it happens, and you can tell something wrong, was wrong with the jack. It wasn't all the way down when the jackman was going to the left side of the car, but it was just one of those things. It's just, what can you do? Just bad luck. It's just one <laughs> yep, of, that's right. And, but you got to hand it to, going back to Hendrick Motorsports, one win away from tying Petty Enterprises for most all-time wins in the Cup Series at 268. They're, Hendrick Motorsports right now is at 267. Who's going to be that driver to tie it, and who's going to be that driver to break it? Ooh. Yeah, it I that's think a Kyle tough Larson one. will be the guy that helps them tie that record. I really do. I think he's on the verge of getting another win. It's just He's just like Hamlin. He looks so good, right. and then he just cannot finish the job. And you know That's just the way racing is sometimes. It's unfortunate. He looks so good all day long, 
but then all it does is take a couple of laps and somebody else to be there. It's just like almost comparing it to like a race at Daytona. You don't have to lead all the laps just as long as you lead that one lap and that's the last lap. <laughs> right. And you could go back and you go back to the pit stop that Alex Bowman had at 12.1 fastest pit stop in 2021, getting him out in front of Larson. And that was the stop that won the race. Racers have won and lost in the pits. We saw it with Truex losing it and we saw it with Bowman winning it. It was an awesome day for Hendrick Motorsports. I'm going to go with you and say Larson might help, but I want to say Chase Elliott is looking at that, breaking that record, being that driver known as breaking Richard Petty's all-time team record, helping Hendrick Motorsports do it. Because Chase Elliott isn't having a horrible season. We'll get more into the points here after the race review. But I think his, he's biding his time. We saw it last year. He didn't have a hot regular season, but once he got into the playoffs, he turned it on and won when he needed to win and did well when he needed to do well. And Chase Elliott won last year's championship. Jimmy Johnson did the same thing. People were writing off Chase Elliott right now like he's not winning, therefore he's done, something's wrong. No, I think him and Alan Gunferson are doing exactly what they want to do and biding their time, get into the playoffs, and then go for a championship. I, I I couldn't agree with you more there. I, I totally I totally get it. And I, I it's a great strategy to play off of just kind of, you know, you can bide your time, you get by. If you have to lay low as long as you make it in, that's great. But then once the playoffs start, they're probably gonna hit the ground running and they probably won't even look back. No, they won't. And we're gonna have to wait and see come September at the Southern five hundred, a track where Elliot runs well at. But we're not talking about Darlington, we're talking about the other D track, and that is Dover and what a race it was. Notable finishers, Tyler Reddick finishing eighth. Him and RCR are having a turnaround season. Complete 180 from the past, I dare say, three seasons where they were not running competitively. But now they have an alliance starting this year with Hendrick Motorsports in their engine department. We never thought we'd see that day. And that came back to mind after they were running so well and they were talking about Hendrick the whole time. I remember it. Oh, yeah, they, Richard Childress has a alliance with them now. Do you think that's helping them? Because I don't think it's definitely hurting them. But what do you think is the X factor turning that team around? I I don't think it's just the uh, the the engine in general. I just I you know Tyler Reddick is a great driver yeah. and I very think underrated. He, you, yeah, very underrated for sure. Just give him a little bit longer to figure things out. I mean, you already see that he's slowly starting to work things out, figure things out at the cup level. Give him another year or two. I mean, RCR might might be. Uh, fighting for some ground at the front here soon. You know, Austin Dillon is a good driver, but Tyler Reddick, I think he, I think he knows right. that he, he can't mess anything up. He's got to do everything he can to stay up there. And he's starting to figure it out. We've seen it before. He looked pretty good at Darlington. Look at it over. He looks good almost everywhere. If you put him in your fantasy lineup every here and there, you probably can't even go wrong with the guy. Right. He's kind of turning around. Like I, like I've seen Chris Bush returning around, just guys who needed some time to develop and now are running very consistently up front, top 10s, top 15s, and occasional top 5s. Tyler Reddick finishing 8th. And another RCR affiliate car in Trackhouse Racing's Daniel Suarez finishing ninth. And their last top 10, I believe, came back at Bristol during the dirt race, and I thought, this guy's got to figure it out now. He went there next week to the race after Bristol and didn't do so hot. But now they're starting to kind of figure it out. And now we're going to a road course. Daniel Suarez is good on road courses. Trackhouse racing, I think, is having a way better start of the season. Very under the radar because everybody's looking at 23XI racing. 
But track house racing, you better watch out for because they might beat them in the owner's points by the end of the year. Oh, absolutely. You you hit the nail right on the head. Everybody was looking at 23XI. That's the team. Everybody's focused on new team. 23XI, they're going to come out swinging. And Trackhouse Racing is, is slowly progressing. And you know what? I cannot wait to see what these guys do at the rest of the season. I think you just you just wait. Trackhouse Racing is starting to slowly figure things out. And I would love to see them have some great success. And Daniel Suarez is a heck of yeah. a driver, too. Yeah, former Xfinity Series champion, so you could, don't count him out. He knows how to win championships and races. Points after Dover. Here we go. Martin Trex Jr. and first with three wins. Alex Bowman moves into that second spot with two wins. William Byron, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, top five. Ryan Blaney, Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, and Michael McDowell running out at the top ten. Your driver up there in the front row racing, Michael McDowell still holding strong there in the top 10. I expect him to stay there for a long time, but we'll wait till the playoffs and talk more about that, buddy. Drivers without a win in the top 16, Denny Hamlin, who's having a very solid year. He's running consistently. Even if he, even if it seems like we're seeing this year, a lot of drivers and teams, I, I should say teams overall, we could look at Stuart Haas racing and saying they're not having a good year with the exception of Kevin Harvick. Maybe Cole Custer there running decently in some races. But drivers like Eric Almirola just not having a good year. Bad luck stroke him again at the Monster Mile. But it seems like it seems like Denny Hanlon, even if all Joe Gibbs drivers are having a bad day, his bad day consists of running 7th and not 6th. Or not in the top 5, but in the top 10. He seems like he's always in contention, always running up there consistently what do you think about that you know i dare to say we could almost compare this to a chase elliott thing i think you know even though they haven't won they're probably not hurting too much they're probably just you know they're going to keep it up and keep getting consistent finishes and whatever they have to do get to the playoffs but then maybe when the playoffs start maybe they they hit the ground run too and don't look back either yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. Speaking of Chase Elliott, he's 12th in the points. Harvick, 13th. Austin Dillon, 14th. Chris Buescher, 15th. Tyler Reddick, 16th. So both RCR cars in the top 16 as of the race at Dover. Austin Dillon snuck in there. He's not on a lot of people's radar, but he's running consistently enough to be in the top 16 in points as far as the playoffs go. He might surprise people, and Richard... We, we talked about this earlier. Richard Childress might surprise people by maybe not contending for a championship, but putting their name on the championship playoffs, and that's a big deal for any team right now. Drivers outside of the top 16 that we need to look out for. Matt Benedetto fell out of the 16th spot into 17th. Needs to turn it around. He had a few good runs there, but now he's got to figure it out, If he, especially if he wants to impress Penske to put them in the famous two-car Kurt Busch, Stenhouse, who's having an okay season, but still being Stenhouse. We saw it a few weeks ago at Kansas where he just racked a lot. Ryan Newman, Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez, and Ross Chastain rounding out 23rd, and that's as far as I went down. And we'll get more into this in our midseason show coming up here in June. But it looks like, I mean, there's still a lot of racing to go till September. You can't, if your driver's like Martin Trex Jr., you you can't stop the momentum, but if your driver's like Daniel Suarez, Bubba Wallace, or Ross Chastain, you need to pick it up more. You need to find up, find where to make up time 
and don't wait till Daytona to do it because anything could happen at Daytona. That's absolutely correct. And I, I rated the race so overall an eight. It was a great race. Good action all day. Good driving all day from everybody. Good strategy in the pits. Fun race. And again, historic with Hendrick finishing one, two, three, and four. How would you rate the cup race? I gave it an eight as well. Like you said, just good racing overall. It was another great race from, as I like to still call it, old school Dover Downs. Yep. So Hendrick Motorsports, congratulations to them getting to the top four. JGR, they need to figure a couple things out. They just hit, got hit with bad luck. That's all that was. But man, it just, you can't, when, after looking at the race, you just, I still can't get over it at how Hendrick, one, two, three, four, they just looked dominating all day long. It was just, it was wild to watch, but a great race at the same time. Congratulations to Alex Bowman keeping that 48, number 48 legacy going by winning. Especially at Dover, where Jimmy Johnson had a lot of success. Alex Bowman continues that. Upcoming races. Now, this this made me kind of upset. Because I thought I heard whispers of it, but I didn't know it was actually confirmed. Monaco not being raced on Memorial Day weekend. In fact, it is going to be raced this weekend, May 23rd, at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. I don't know about you. I'm a very traditional guy when it comes to auto racing. I like seeing... Monaco on Memorial Day weekend and then watch the Indy 500 and then watch the Coke 600. But either way, it's Monaco. It's going to be a fun race, but it seems like it's going to be one of those races where wherever you start, you're going to finish barring an accident or a mess up. But I'm still looking forward to Monaco. We didn't see it last year due to COVID, but we get to see it this year. And I don't think on this show in the marbles, we've ever covered a Monaco race. I don't think we have, to be honest. Because we started in 2019 <laughs> after Monaco. 2020, COVID happened. And now this one, this is going to be our first Monaco race that we're covering. This is a crazy, crazy to think about. But it's just one of those things the way it goes. Yep, that's right. That's true. I, you know, I, I'm with you on that, though. It's just Monaco is just wherever you start is probably wherever you're going to finish. And I can attest to that because Monaco is a... There's like nowhere to pass on Monaco. You well, have one DRS zone, and that's the front stretch. And even then, it, that's not even a very long. It's not no, very long down to very, turn one at all. It's very easy to mess up. A few years ago, I saw Max Verstappen mess it up. I forget who he hit, but he was in Toro Rosso, and he just misjudged the speed and hit the back of this guy. And whoops! But then mm-hmm. you got to be careful because a few years ago, I think it was 2016, Daniel Ricciardo was leading, looking at his first Monaco win. Lost it in the pits because the pit crew wasn't ready. He went out there. No tires were out there. No nothing. You get a chance. I think it was 2016. Go back and watch the 2016 Monaco race because, man, it's so it was so heartbreaking watching it live. It's like, well, how do you mess that up? It was kind of like Bahrain 2020 with Mercedes. Yeah, and, you know, the folks that maybe don't even watch Formula One and, you know, with us saying, oh, you know, it's wherever you start, maybe where you finish, that may be true, but, at the same time, Monaco is one of those tracks where you have to be on top of your A game oh, the yeah. entire time. The it's time. not like any other track where if you mess up off of a corner, you have runoff, or maybe you get stuck in the gravel and get it out. No, if you mess up, you're going to be hitting a wall because it's right there. And you, we yeah. all know in Formula One, you hit that wall and just enough damage will take you out of the race. It, it doesn't take much. I've seen people just kiss the wall, and their right front or left front suspension just goes kaput. It's crazy just how narrow that track is, but a lot of fun to watch. Watch Monaco. I definitely will. Cup race at Echo Eco Park, 
the Eco Park 400 Grand Prix at Circuit of the Americas, Sunday, May 23rd at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. The inaugural race there, we talked about it earlier in the show. Make sure to go check out race day on the Unhinged Sports Network at noon to get you ready for everything you need to know about that race. Saturday's Xfinity race to Pit Boss 250 from Circuit of the Americas at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And earlier in that day, your favorite race of the weekend, I dare say, the Toyota Tundra 225 at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's a truck race featuring former Brickyard 400 winner Paul Menard. And I know you, I know you'll be looking forward to that. Indy race, no Indy race this weekend. However, next weekend is going to be Memorial Day weekend, a big weekend of racing. The Indianapolis 500 is coming up. We might have a special race day show just for the Indianapolis 500, but we'll decide that next week. But Preston, anything else before we get into our final thoughts? Uh, nope, nothing else. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody out there in Indy Marbles Nation about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Indy Marbles are the voice of racing. If you head over to InTheMarbles.net under the Partners tab, there you will find a link to Fanatics, and it'll take you right to their NASCAR store, where you can find all your favorite drivers' hats, t-shirts, diecast, and more. But you don't have to just stop there. I buy all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear there, and Preston buys all his South Carolina Gamecock gear there as well. All purchases that help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you the best sports coverage 24-7 at UnhingedSN.com. Make sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network to listen to your favorite shows, not just in the marbles, but all your sports podcast needs, such as football, basketball, hockey, and yes, racing. That's unhingedsn.com. Final thoughts here on of In the Marbles. Thank you all for who can continue showing up for the show. We really do appreciate it. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Follow us on all social media platforms. If you're watching YouTube, they're above you. In the Marbles 2.0 standings after Dover. Not really much changes in there. SMR R&D still in the lead, followed by Matt Camper, yourself, SMR Operations, S-Blades, and I'm tied with fourth. I'm tied for fourth with S-Blades at 2,262 points. Coming up to Circuit of the Americas, it should be very interesting to see what happens there. But I'm, I, I don't recall ever seeing a tie there. It's, it's, this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that fourth place battle. But again, I'm the NASCAR guy of the show, and I want that number one spot because Maples is embarrassing us. And when I say us, <laughs> yeah. me, he's embarrassing me. Smoking Woody, six. Unhinged Racing, seventh. Chuck, 83, 84, eighth. 43 and me, ninth. Summers Racing, tenth. Bun, three, 11th. And Shake and Bake, 12th. That's your In the Marbles 2.0 standings. If you're new to the show, In the Marbles 2.0 is a fantasy league that Preston and I have. And at the end of the season for NASCAR, the winner of that league gets a $100 Amazon gift card. And one day, maybe their name on a trophy that we're going to bring in here soon. And maybe a little trophy themselves signifying that they are, in fact, an In the Marbles fantasy winner. Driver of the Week and This Week in NASCAR. To wrap up the show here, our Driver of the Week this week is Richard Brooks. Have you ever heard of Richard Brooks? No, I don't think I've heard of Richard Brooks before. Richard Brooks drove for veteran team owner Junie Donvely throughout his racing career. 
Born in 1942, Brooks started his NASCAR racing career in 1969, where he became the NASCAR Rookie of the Year. He went on to win the 1973 Talladega 500, holding off Buddy Baker by 7.2 seconds for the win. After he retired, he served as a NASCAR sportscaster for a brief period of time. His Grand National statistics included win at Talladega, so his only win at Talladega's first race coming into 1969 Daytona 500, where he qualified first. His last race came in the 1985 Coca-Cola 600, which was then known as the Coca-Cola World 600. One win, 57 top fives, 150 top tens, four top tens point finishes, 1975 through 1978. With 358 races over a 17-year career and race for one team owner, and that was Junie Donvalli. And though he was he only had one win, he was a very popular figure in the motors in NASCAR at the time. So Richard Brooks, your driver of the week this week in NASCAR. This week in for this week in NASCAR, we go back to 1978, May 15th. Willie Ribs, America's leading African-American driver, fails to appear for two special practice sessions for the upcoming World 600 at Charlotte. Team owner Will Corkwright, having to make a last-second substitution for his driver, chooses a relatively unknown short-track driver from Kannapolis named Dale Earnhardt. And that is your This Week in NASCAR for from May 15th, 1978, Make sure to tune in to our Race Day Unhinged show exclusively on the Unhinged Sports Network starting at noon on Race Day for everything you need to know about Circuit of the Americas. And make sure to check out our YouTube channel where we do that hot lap where I take you around, attempt to take you around all tracks this week's Circuit of the Americas. Preston, do you have anything else before we wrap up this episode? I do not. I am ready to uh, get the show on the road, and let's see what happens this week at Circuit of the Americas. Left and rights all day, man. It's going to be a fun day. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Again, if you enjoyed your what you saw or heard, subscribe to us, give us a rating, and follow us on all social media platforms up there above. So, Preston, uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up here again. Thank you so much for everybody for listening to us this week. Make sure to tune into Race Day Noon on the Unhinged Sports Network on Race Day to hear everything you need to know fantasy-wise for the upcoming race at Circuit of Americas. For Preston Lude, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. 
climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.